and welcome to the first of four episodes this month. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're going to be doing a TP Unscripted episode, Volume 1. And we are joined by um, Rick from Starbase 66. Hello, Rick. May the Schwartz be with you guys. Yes, as, as we are actually recording this on May the 4th, just to kind of put a bit of thing on it. And we're quickly shoving this out so you can hear it. Because we wanted to give you a kind of honest Star Trek fan conversation. Like, you know, as, as you want to listen to, just to kind of make the time go away. And we hope you're keeping safe and well in this crazy time. Yeah. As we keep saying at the moment, but it's true. Just, yeah. Yeah. And we're here to entertain you for the boredom that lies ahead still. Yes. Uh, that's why we said we've increased our episodes, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of other podcasts out there are creating more content themselves anyway. So um, we thought, why not? We've got the time; we might as well. <laughs> yeah. So we've arranged these couple of episodes, and yeah, thanks for Rick for agreeing to come on at quite short notice. And yeah, thank you, Rick. Really, really appreciate it. I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, whatever. There's no change there. No idea what I'm doing is what I trade on. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Dangerously unprepared, we like to say. I think that's a moniker of podcasters ever, isn't it? Just kind of, whatever, <laughs> it's, yeah, we'll do this then and then, and whatever happens, happens, whatever yeah. doesn't happen, and hey ho. Turn on the microphones and see what falls out of the speakers. Yeah. <laughs> and see if random ideas work. Like, my, like as I've said to the boys, I want to try... Um, what was it? Star Trek Internet Pictionary. So I've got a whiteboard in front of me. I have about 20 odd different Pictionary picture thingy things that I want to draw from the Star Trek franchise. I think I'm vaguely visible when you can work out what they are. And we'll, we'll split them between the two shows and see how many everyone gets. And it's just for fun. Um, do you want to, Should we try one? Just sure. Yeah. Off the bat, just to see... So yeah. I've got my camera on, they haven't, and they will hopefully try and work out what on earth I'm trying to draw. Okay, is it is is there a Captain Marvel poster on your wall? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been looking at the same frame since we logged in. I'm, there's no motion. Oh, that looked good. Yeah, it's all right, Rick. Mom, it was the same earlier at certain times where Simon's literally just, his picture would freeze, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very intrigued and trying to figure out what he's going to draw. What are you going to show us, Si? Uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh-huh. Okay, I can't. I cannot see you doing anything. You're just all I'm seeing is your, your a still picture of you looking down at your keyboard. I think. Ah, sorry. <laughs> So it's psychic Pictionary. Hang on. (laughs) Is this your card? (laughs) Yes, genius. How did you do that? With the power of my mind. This, as ever, hasn't worked out quite how I imagined it because internet's crap as ever. So So why we never use why we never use video? Well, at least it worked for me. I could see it, but yeah, so it half worked, but. Well, I wonder if, if there's anything I can do at my end. No, I uh, think it's my crumb internet, but, you know, whatever. 
Well, mine's Talk Talk, and you know, Talk Talk are notoriously rubbish. No offence to anyone who's listening who likes Talk Talk and has Talk Talk, but that might, <laughs> in our face, it doesn't work very well. Oh, wait a minute, I wonder, I wonder if I do this. <laughs> I just see, I just finally saw the the uh, invite you sent me, because I, I didn't have the chat on, so I accepted it. <laughs> I guess that didn't make a difference. <laughs> um, let me let me try one other thing. Let me let me log out of the conversation and come back in and see if that changes anything. Okay, yeah, right. that guy? Yeah, huh? why not? I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be back. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So Rick's gonna see if he can help us. Oh, there we go. He's back again. Now that I've unmited, unmuted, unmited my mute, uh, I can see you moving now. <laughs> okay, so this should work now. Any better? Yes. Ah, there we go. Do you want another one? And I like the Star Trek headphones. Very nice. Yeah. Do you want another <laughs> one? Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure how this was going to work out. If I was going to draw it on screen and then show it, or just... But this is always easier. Uh, <laughs> the giant space amoeba from the immunity syndrome? Nope. Simply. <laughs> oh, uh, the, so uh, the Psy oh. 2000. No. It's a life uh, form. The flying pancakes from uh, Operation Annihilate. Nope. That would be uh. a little one. There's lots of them. Mm. Nagilum? Nope. <laughs> DS9 went back to it. The wormhole? <laughs> Went back to it. Does that imply that it's turned up before and something else and comes back in DS9? It's iconic. Tribbles? Yeah. Ah. Oh, tribbles. <laughs> I thought that was one of the easier ones, but never mind. This is fun. <laughs> To be fair, I mean, we could all say we know what tribbles look like, but actually trying to draw the one, I don't think it's that easy. So, thank you, Jamie. Not that That's... you know who you're working with is that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's a fun one. Well, you're better. You're a better. You're a better artist than I am, so I can't draw for anything. So, <laughs> I'm better with the words. All right, what are you gonna come up? With? This is either one or two things, but I'll. Rectagino. Nope. One or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> I thought it had to be except because you found a captain, so I thought. Good one. Not that I'm See, if, you, if you'd have put a tea bag in it, I'd have been there. Which one's that one? This What's is that? I was actually going to ask if actually uh, the replicators would dispense a tea bag in, but I suppose it uh, wouldn't need to, would it really? Yeah, I'd be adding an extra step, I suppose. Might take a while to dial in just the right level of of uh, strength, hmm. and then I suppose once you got there, you wouldn't need to. This one's me... not easy, but if you know what it is, you know what it is. The planet? No, no, it's the probe, Oops. Star Trek Four. Yeah. 
Ah, I was about to I was going to say Doomsday Machine. Yeah, that's where I was going at first. Then I saw the little ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, I use this blackboard or whiteboard. It's a whiteboard, Jamin. Whiteboard for a radio, but as that's been suspended, it's like it's not being used. So I just thought, well, why not? Why not? Why not? Uh... <laughs> And for those of you watching at home, looking at nothing, well, we hear, are all we're hearing nothing, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and now Simon carefully writes this on the is, whiteboard. This is, <laughs> this is what we do in the podcast. It's kind of like we did a quiz once, and it's like um, Starship quiz with me. And Jamie showing me pictures of the things, and me go, oh, it's that ship. Correct. So they had no idea what they were looking at. So they're used to it. They really are used to it. It's just like. I have no idea what we're running about, but fair enough. It's, it, it's our usual thing, like, we're doing what we think. More core. Yeah. <laughs> that was quick. Well done. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. I love the way that I thought one of the easiest ones was the hardest one, the triple, like, that surprises me. Well, it was a little... Because it was kind of amorphous, and triples are at least fairly circular most of the time. That's what threw me. I'd be so very we were... surprised if you don't get this one. Q. <laughs> <laughs> I think, according to the actual rules of Pictionary, that might have been cheating a little bit. Uh, what was it? Sorry, but the screen froze again. Just it was just it up. It was the letter Q. <laughs> Ah, right. Q. Yeah, see what I got there. If my screen had well, the screen hadn't frozen. Literally, just as you were bringing it up, it's like Tch! I thought, okay, right. Should it's we do? Blur. Should we do one more? Yeah, do one maybe, more. Maybe then do more. a few more because we've got loads of other, loads of other topics. Yeah. Um, what was I going to do? So I've got a little post-it with ideas on it. I haven't come up with loads, but I came up with enough, I thought. Uh, I'm expecting Rick to get this pretty quickly, but I think that's very close to it. Or it's going to look nothing like it, but, you know, whatever. I'm intrigued. Idic. Yeah. So there's been a lot of thought into these. How the hell do you draw them very quickly with people that... Because neither of you have seen what I've got planned. So it's all very in my own head. And if I think it... I've done ones I think I can draw. Who knows whether anyone can work out what they are. But, you know, whatever. It just shows you that it's very easy to, to draw things and... You know, show, display what Star Trek is in a very simplistic picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was our first edition of Star Trek Pictionary. <laughs> so what else should we talk about? Because I sort of said to everyone, what about talking about Picard, Discovery, and because we've got um, a season review of Next Gen Season 6 coming up, what we all think of that. So where would you like where would you like to start? Because I know Rick, you've spoken quite a lot recently in your things, uh, streams and shows. 
about Picard and Discovery, so I don't know whether you'll want to give them a miss for a while. Or... I never get tired of talking tar- any kind of Star Trek, and uh, especially Picard and Discovery. Uh, so I'd be only too happy to uh, go on and on and on, as I often do. I think I saw recently that I think post-production on Season 3 Disco- uh, Discovery's been delayed, so who knows when that's going to arrive. Yeah, well, they're all they're they're working on it from home. Uh, like so, us. yeah. I mean, for I mean, that's on the on the one hand, it's good that they got principal photography finished in time. Um, but on the downside, that means that if reshoots are necessary for some reason, that's going to slow things down even more. Um, you know, a lot of the post production work is done in computers anyway, so that's a good thing. But I've also seen that, you know, not all of the special effects artists have machines at home that are up to the task that they're doing with, you know, the mighty computers that they've got for the, you know, doing the actual rendering. Uh, I don't know, in the scene shop artist. I don't know. I don't know what they call uh, the rooms where they work. But um, it wasn't there a trailer released recently or something? Yes. Right. Yes. And it got me very excited. I don't think I've actually watched it yet. Um, it's brief. Um, it's only it's I don't think it's even two minutes long, but uh, uh, you know it it I it didn't really show us anything we haven't seen before. Um, I you thought know, it was I, the, um, I thought it was one that was released in last year. I thought that's why I saw um, I saw comments about saying, "Oh, we've already seen this one. It's not new per se." Oh, okay. Because I wasn't quite sure. Because I saw, um, I think it was, I think it was the Trekking Girls had retweeted something on, on uh, retweeted or, or tweeted something on uh, Twitter um, about it. I think I retweeted it. I wasn't sure if it was a new one or not, or if it was a previous one. It didn't look the picture. They tried. It didn't look familiar. So, but the issue uh, is, I, I, because it didn't come from like Star Trek or anything like that. So I'm not 100 sure it, it is a new one. Hmm. I didn't look at the date. Let me see if I can find it. And, uh... Yeah, but it, it's interesting to said. I mean, obviously, I know trailers do keep their car. You know, when you watch a trailer of whatever it is, Star Trek or they do keep their cars close to their chest. But you got to wonder if it's like if there's a real reason for it. Because I think I said we've said before, so haven't we? About oh, we think something from Star Trek Picard might show up in Discovery, etc. Didn't we? I still so, think, yeah, I still think that. Um... That's uh, control comes through at the end of uh, Picard. That's what I still believe. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I was obviously, you know, and it just, but it, it, it just, I think it would be silly not to have some sort of connection between the two series. I think it would just, you know, because I said the other other Star Trek series have done that before, so why not discover Picard? And we still don't know where this, where they're going to end up in Discovery if they actually even will end up in the future anyway, where they said they were going to be. So, yeah, I just—it's interesting. I said I'm—I'm I'm looking forward to season three. Uh, as I said, it's a shame it's been delayed, but at least they finished shooting it, which is something at least. So. Okay. Uh, the the I'm on StarTrek.com right now, and they're saying the first Star Trek Discovery season three trailer has arrived, um, and it's a minute ten, minute ten long, and it starts with Michael Burnham. Uh, sitting up from underneath a lot of dirt. So I guess she didn't land too softly on whatever planet she's on. Well, I heard recently she ends up 
separated from Discovery. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then she meets the new chat. Yeah, book. And uh Yeah, I mean there were they're you know, looking at the at the trailer, she's she's sitting up in the dirt and then she's got her package of equipment. And then we see time passing and her hair changing and she's making logs and then there's her in book and there's some Andorians and a weird planetscape and he's telling her that Starfleet doesn't exist anymore. Um, there we see Saru and Tilly and that weird truncated Federation flag of the future. Um, mm, so maybe some there, maybe there is there is some new stuff. Now, oh, there, oh, this 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 right here is new. They obviously go to Trill because we see oh, the underground caves. I think I saw a screenshot of that. Ah, yeah, the the symbiont pool. And it does say 930 years from home, so we know they made it quite a ways away. So yeah, we're in the they're in the uh, the the symbiont pool, um, and there are trill around, and Burnham's floating in the pool. So whatever that means, mm. there's the discovery, and there's Tilly hugging Burnham. So they obviously find each other, and it looks like somebody takes over Discovery at some point. Hmm, That's never of? happened before. <laughs> yeah. Can't remember two single instances where that's not happened. Now, come to chill. That's very, very interesting. We're going to get a, a Dax reference then. I'm literally just thinking that. What do you think, Rick? Um, I, I don't know. You know, who knows by this point how many Trill have been members of Starfleet and whether or not. Well, I guess I guess in theory, Dax could still be a well. How long do Trill live? Well, how, the thing is, how many symbionts can they get? How many symbionts can a Trill host have? Is there like a certain limit? Is there a certain a number they can only have? Like limited by how many they can have? Because I think Dax had was it like seven or eight? Seven or eight? Yeah, I think Ezri was number eight. Yeah. Um, but I'm you know I'm sure the symbionts aren't immortal. They're just very long lived. So. You know, I, while I, I could certainly see them having a Dax character, uh, they would have to do some really hard explaining as to how there's a thousand year old <laughs> symbiont still around. Yeah. But, no, I said it's just, just, just speculation at this point, isn't it? But the fact they, they, the fact they do visit Troy is very interesting. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, and I said. Sounds like you said what there's no federation anymore either, as well. Well, when uh, in the scene where Burnham and Book are walking along this like weird green rocky terrain, he says, "I see you believe in ghosts," or something along those lines. She says, "What do you mean?" He said that insignia on your chest. So ah, uh, that could have, that could imply obviously the federation's not around anymore. Well, it's that, yeah. that flag with about six stars on it. Yeah. And it's quite fitting we're talking about trills because we're going to be releasing one of our pre-recorded episodes at the beginning of June as well, which is about the trills. So yeah, yeah stay tuned for that. Mm. Just just that, kind of fitting. I don't know if you guys saw. I, I sent you the link to the to the uh, the trailer in the in the chat there. Ah, and for those of you listening, go to StarTrek.com and it's right there. Ah, oh, thank you, Rick. No problem. I live to serve. 
good. Do me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it might it might be a little bit wonky by the time it gets there, but I'll, I'll pop it in the mail right away. <laughs> Maybe steamed out of its life from all the things at the moment as well, but never mind. Yeah. Like, right. I'll just save the link now to that, that trailer, and I'll have a watch that later. But it, yeah, it'll be interesting when that finally turns up. And and again, we still haven't got um, Short Trek season two. Nope. Still hasn't happened. You guys still haven't seen the season, the the second <laughs> season of the Short Tracks. Yep. That is unreal. Oh, jeez. These were some the, of the best ones. We got them a day before season two aired last time. Wow. Yeah. And I'm expecting the same this time. So that's why we're all going, when's it happening? Ever or not? Or So we'll probably get it the same. But with everything going on, are we ever going to see them? Like, Well, there there are ways to get them, or so I'm told. <laughs> uh, and, I, I, you know... I am all for paying for content. I have never once complained about paying for Star Trek All Access because you pay, you know what I mean? The days of uh, free television over the air are numbered and Star Trek hasn't been on that for a long time anyway. So, you know, whether you're paying for cable or whether you're paying CBS directly, you're always paying for it in some way. So I don't, I don't object like far too many people do. television for you, right? I mean, that's fair enough. It's just, you know, something like that, it's, uh, it's just ridiculous. It's like, well, you know, why can't we get it at the same time? Or, exactly. Or or even reasonably close. I mean, because yeah. that's where the, the point I was getting to is if you make it to the point where the only way people can get your content is pirating, um, then that's on you. You know, there is absolutely no reason why Short Treks could not be have been really released released <laughs> in the UK months ago. Um, I just, I don't understand. I, the only thing I can guess, and I've been saying stuff like this for years and it's all just been speculation. Cause I haven't been able to really get anyone in the, in the, in the bit. Well, actually I did ask Joseph Malosi or Joe, Tom, Malo, Joe Malozzi when, um, I did an interview with him. He was a uh, executive producer and writer on Stargate SG one and Atlantis and universe and dark matter. Real nice guy. Had a lot of fun, fun talking to him. And I did, I did bring this up to him that it, it seems to me that the, at the head of most places making television right now are still a bunch of, this is how it's always been done. And this is the way it should always be done. Old guys who really don't understand how people consume content anymore mm-hmm. and you know it's taking forever for this group to either die off or retire and for the younger people to come in you know when cbs announced they were doing cbs all access you know i i'm sure you guys heard the wailing and gnashing of teeth over here over there too and i don't want to have to pay for star trek and i was like it's about time one of the networks realized this is where television is going and yeah, you know, people are always going to complain uh, when something new happens or when they are expected to pay a little more than they than they wanted to. What is it, baby? Huh? Uh, hang on, I have. To... I'm not on a camera, so nobody's going to see you. Okay. <laughs> you can say hi. 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 Oh, they, she can't. Hang on. Let me let me turn up my speakers. Oh, I heard him. Oh, oh, you heard him say hi. Okay. 
All right, hang on. Now she can hear you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Sharon's, Sharon's, no, you're not going to stay here. Don't sit on my lap. Go. <laughs> you, I'm talking to Simon and Jamie over in England. Cool. <laughs> okay. I see Captain Marvel poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye-bye, honey. Bye-bye. Bye. Sharon's been putting in a lot of cameos lately. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, you know, it, and I, I think that a lot of these international, uh, you know, release deals are still an artifact of that outdated mindset of, you know, why like Star Trek wouldn't get across to you guys for, you Months know, nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's a it's it's an artifact of a of a an obsolete, you know. It, it, there is no reason why things should not be released across yeah. the planet simultaneously, it's, or at least close. Yeah, it's analog age, and it's we're in digital age now. So it's uh, again, Jamie, Jamie always mentions this. This what I think was one of my um, things in um, Star Trek Room One Hundred One, wasn't it? Yeah, if I remember. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've always had a big issue with it. And you just go, hang on a minute. Like, we get episodes, say, I think it's eight hours after you guys. Yet, like, full episodes. Yet they can't get 15-minute shorts out, which are, like, the length, like, total length or of, like, one episode. They can't do yeah. that. And you're going, really? Like, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah that's, and I just don't, and, and the short tracks are handled differently over here, too. Um, and I, I don't understand it unless there's, you know, a different studio running. I mean, I know different studios are making them, um, but I just, the distribution baffles me. I don't understand it. Now they, they have announced that they're going to be releasing them on Blu-ray, uh, if they haven't already, all except Children of Mars, uh, which we're assuming because that's a direct tie into Picard. We're assuming that one's going to end up on the first Picard Blu-ray. Um, but you all may be able to get that before, hopefully, before Discovery Season 3 drops. We'll get it a day before, Rick. I'm, I'm, that's what happened last time, so I'm assuming that's what... So we're just sitting there going, Come on, like, really? Like, we haven't got yeah. a date for Discovery, so we don't know when we're going to get um, short treks. So it's a kind of chicken and egg, and it's just like... You know, as you say, it, it, that whole thing is a fundamental problem of... You know, certain people are setting their ways, and they're not moving with the times. And it's like, I don't, I don't condone it, but you, you gotta, you know, it's no, it's no advantage to delaying these kind of things. It's like, well, do you, do you now understand why people do do piracy and do want to see things a bit quicker? It's like, well, you can't. I don't think it's right, but I can't say I blame them. I can understand where people are coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I if. There, there have been properties in the past that I have tried and tried and tried to find a way to get it legally and pay for it. Uh, and there have been times when it's like, it is absolutely impossible. The only way to see this, whatever it was, uh, I, I'm on, honest, and I'm not being cagey, honestly, don't remember, because uh, it's been a while, but was to, you know, go to, go to Pirate Bay or, or one of those places and download it. And I don't like doing that. Uh, I, 
you know, I'm lawful good enough that doing stuff like that makes me nervous. And I've also gotten caught in the past because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think artists deserve to, to make money for what they do. And, and I'm oh, all yeah, for supporting. Hmm. Uh, so it, it's it's not a I don't have a philosophical problem with paying for stuff like some people do, which just pisses me off when they're like, oh, I shouldn't have to pay for anything. All right. Well, then make your own crap, doofus. I'm behaving myself with language. Are you proud of me? <laughs> um, okay, folks, if any of y'all have not heard my shows, uh, I'm a bit of a potty mouth. <laughs> but when, I, when I'm in somebody else's house, I try to play nice. <laughs> um, but you get me wound up, and sometimes the odd uh, colorful metaphor may come out. <laughs> That's fine. We don't mind. <laughs> um, but I do hope you get to see it, because... Uh, this year's batch of short treks were some of my some of my favorites, um, especially Ephraim and Dot. Uh, I think now I know I know you guys are obviously you know uber Star Trek fans. Are you guys uh, big TOS fans? I forget. We've watched it. I haven't seen it in ages, but yes, I'd say. Sign yet? Yeah. Okay. Um, then then maybe okay. I, I was because there. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you're a huge TOS fan like I am, Ephraim and Dot will just leave you with a big, warm fuzzy in the middle of your chest. Um, oh, oh, is it like a continuity thing when I link it? No, that, isn't that a triple one, isn't it? it no. No? No, the Ephraim and Dot is, is one of the two animated ones, and it's just... Okay. Easter eggs. Well, it, it's all Easter eggs. It's it's like an <laughs> Easter egg basket. Um but you know, a lot of people try to oh well the con it's like shut up about continuity. It's a cartoon, they're having fun. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the, it starts off with a tardigrade trying to lay its eggs in the warp chamber of the enterprise of the original enterprise and a one of those kind of uh maintenance droids that they invented for discovery, Ugh. uh chasing it around. <laughs> and then and then just hilarity ensues. So we're not dealing with, with continuity here. We're not dealing with canon. We're just having oh, fun with enough. Star Trek. And there are just so many people that can't just unclench and have fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't have a problem with that kind of thing. As you said, if it's got Easter eggs, I quite like it. It doesn't necessarily have to be... I mean, I love continuity, but if, they, if they're not setting out to do that, then that's fine. I've got no problem with it. It's... Fun to let loose and just enjoy it for what it is. What? So, what are you going to say, sir? Don't you don't have to take everything so seriously. Like, it's, mm. like it's fun to watch. Like, do they matter? Like, really? Like, yeah. I, I, take, I need take to rewatch. Take off your anorak. Like, this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do want to go back to rewatch the original series, Rick. I mean, I've, I've said this aside numerous times in the last year or so. I do. I haven't watched it probably like out of all the Star Treks I've watched, whether it's all of it or bits and pieces. I think the original series is probably one I've not watched in the longest. So I do really want to go back to the original series. I do. We've just got Next Gen coming up soon, and I'm busy rewatching stuff at the moment. Just stuff that I really want to. Oh, I've got time, but it's yeah. And like I say, I'm rewatching uh, the Man in High Castle, so I'm quite enjoying that. Hmm. You know, and I understand how uh, how TOS has to look to people like y'all who started with the later shows. Um, you know, I it I don't want to call it an advantage, 
so much as I guess uh, it's not a handicap to me how quote unquote primitive TOS is because that was, you know, that's where I started. So uh, it's just kind of going back to familiar ground, but I, I could certainly see how when next gen or Voyager or DS nine was your first Trek and then trying to, you know, regress to, to the TOS aesthetic and the, and the, the simplicity of the stories and stuff like that. Um, oh, I, I think when I first watched TOS, I don't, think, I don't think I ever felt that way. I mean, no, they've all got their know. own merits. It's just I think we, that's what we've, I think we might have said to you before. I think we just have to be in the right, right mood for it. That's mm-hmm. it sounds stupid, but there's no real handicap or anything against it. It's just we have to. It, it's Star Trek, Star Trek from all I can, <laughs> from yeah, my I mean, point I, of view. It's just kind of. Would you I, know, what, do I want to watch this thing, or do I want just this brand of Star Trek? Like, I mean, you know, sixties Trek. Like I said there is it's got a certain goofy charm to it. That I just absolutely love. I said the over the top fight scenes with Kirk, and I loved <laughs> it. I think I think they're great. You know, and there's a certain goofy charm to it, which I enjoy. So I said, I, I got to watch the original. So I'm going to start watching them again. I've got to start watching them again. So. You know, but even saying that, even you know, the ideas are still really good. They're still sound. You know, the stories and ideas that are there are still really good today. A lot of them still stand up, I think. Yeah. So you know, as I said, you know, me and so we might have grown up with say Next Gen, DS9, Voyager, but you know, Jamie, what's my ultimate episode? Doomsday Machine. Yeah. Doomsday Machine. That's one of my ultimate favourite episodes ever in the whole of franchise it really is it's one that I go back to so often if ever I was to pick one it would be that one nice because they get um, mild peril right for once in that episode they really do get that episode right mm-hmm. right at the end of it the transports are going out and um, Kirk's still on the constellation all that sort of thing and oh I love Scotty and him, him in the Jeffrey's tubes going oh, damn thing <laughs> I, just, I just love all that and just kind of I it's think it, such a it's like the, one of the perfect episodes that I know of and on the same vein I, that's why I also love Booby Trap from Next Gen mm-hmm. it's the same sort of thing because it's a mild bit of peril and then you've got Picard flying at the end going, you've got Data going oh well we're not going to make it sir and Picard's going uh uh-uh, no 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 gravity gravity You'll Never see. the odds. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, you, you see hundreds of Star Trek episodes, all, the crew, they always get in loads and loads of situations. You know they, they're going to get out of it. But, but you know, there are those... You don't. You you mm. do sit there and go, are they actually going to do it? Yeah. And they're the way they do it, yeah. But it, you are sitting there for like, you know, you right up to the end of the episode, you are going, how are they going to do this? Like, really? Like, Normally, you know, there's about five minutes left left on the episode, but in that one, there's about three, two or three minutes. Mm. So you are going, how? Like, really? Mm. How? Like, that thing's broken. That thing's going to blow up. Like, are Before they you know, it? Could it, when you first watch it, you could, you could, I mean, when you first watch it, you thought, well, maybe this will even end on a cliffhanger or something. You just don't know. But, it, yeah. That episode has one of my all-time favorite Scotty moments too, because you know I'm the uh, I'm the technical director of the theater that I work for, and so I relate to Scotty a lot more uh, professionally than than a lot of the other characters. And 
when Scotty is finally beamed off the constellation and it takes a while to get him to, to materialize. Uh, and then the first thing he says is what the hell is wrong with that thing? And he just runs right to the, to the panels and starts pulling things off. I'm like, that is, that's, I, I just, I love that moment so much. <laughs> There's quite a good autobiography for, um, James Doohan, or is it, bi- um, no, it's not autobiography, but it's, it's a- biography, isn't it? And that's a really good read. I haven't read all of it, but I've read most of it, and I love it. Through in, in the part of it, he does go through it and go, "Oh, that episode was a bit weird. That was like, don't talk to me about this one. It's just as hilarious as kind of <laughs> James Doohan's opinion on like, on their shows. Just going, yeah, you want to skip that one, guys? Like that one's great. That one's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe in a way it's kind of a well, I said when it used to be. Bless him when he used to be around. Maybe it's like it could be like a convention guy, couldn't it? I've been, you know, don't go see him at a convention. Don't talk to him about that episode because you know he doesn't like it. But he's not a sad one. So mention I that use, one. You'll be... I think I used some of his things in that quiz thing we did when you were doing such as me. I was doing episode summaries for you, and I think I might use some of his for yours. I think he did. Yeah. I think I used them from multiple different sources, just to kind of horror channel with the most vaguest in vaguest uh blurbs ever some of those are hilarious and you just go yeah you really have no idea what you're watching guys but you know <laughs> good on you for trying to write a oh, blurb gosh. that's broad enough yeah so um, well, we we did over on the cosmic potato network uh the other night we did a uh we're, we're doing a series of uh shows about crossover episodes and uh we were talking about relics and the IMDb blurb for Relics says something along the lines of, the crew stumbles across a Dyson sphere. And I'm like, you don't just stumble across a hunk of metal the size of a solar system. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds... Re- yeah, I know. You, you don't want to give everything away, but you need more than that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've, yeah. we've got that episode coming up because we're season six, so we have got Relics coming up, which is wonderful. Oh, yes, yeah. season six. Yeah, next gen. I mean, oh my god, I love season six. One of my favorite seasons of next gen. I've always said to you, Sai, haven't I? Four and six. Four and six have always been my most two favorite seasons of next gen. You do know the internet hates me at the moment. One of those episodes that I can't stand. Is, like, I've got an email from StarTrek.com with our newsletters going, hey, we're remembering this episode today. Why not go and look at this page? And I'm going, sod off, don't you dare. <laughs> it says, looking back at a classic next gen episode. Do you know which one this is, Jamie? Is this from season six? Yeah. Frame of mind. Frame of mind. Yes. I can't stand. Yes. That's the I'm one where I... Riker is thinks he's going nuts, right? Yeah. And so yeah, are I've, we. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always loved the episode. I've always loved it. It's my kind of episode. So. Can't yeah, but stand when we it. do. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on it, Rick? It's been ages since I've watched it. Um, Don't. I do. <laughs> that, that's kind of why I haven't watched it. Like, uh, you, you guys know about Mission Log, right? Yeah. The the podcast. So I've been, you know, I've been listening to Mission Log since it started. And so, uh, if they're talking about a, a, a an episode that I haven't seen in a long time, I'll generally watch it before uh, listening to their take on it. And I think I, when they've got to frame of mind. I started it, and then as soon as I saw what episode it was, I was like, eh, I'm 
I don't think it's a bad episode. It's just a very uncomfortable episode, and uh, I, I decided not to watch it. No, no. I, I know it's a bottle show, but just no, I'd rather watch something you actually know what's going on for once. Like that one, you just go, I don't know anymore. When does it ever it, end? It does. It, it does play in your mind, I must admit, but that's probably the point. But I mean, I do love it, but it's it's not like one I'd always immediately go to in season six. Not always. I'm going to leave that one to Jamie when we get to it. Over to you, Jamie. <laughs> Literally, we've already kind of planned it. It's like, over to you, Jamie. You can read the blurb. You can talk about it. I'll come in and go, yeah, yeah, whatever. I think what's been nice, though, re-watching through next season, doing these season reviews each year, particularly the last couple, is kind of how our opinions have changed on certain things. I mean, like, season five is a lot better than I than I previously thought, because I always found season five to be kind of very patchy. Like, yeah, get some really good ones, and you just get some not-so-good ones. It's better than I remembered. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I drifted for a second. Yeah, I... Yeah, I I've... I'm boring you. Great. No, 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 no. I, okay, Here, here's what here's what I was really doing. Um, I would imagine, if only for the container, either or both of you probably has that uh, the the Star Trek trivia game that came in the shuttlecraft. No, actually, I don't have it. Really? Um, it's it's a it kind the it's just cards and a die. It's got uh, different pictograms on it, and uh, they're they they come inside this really nice plastic uh TFS shuttlecraft galileo yeah and i only just took the cards out of their wrapping i've had this thing for over a year uh and i only just unwrapped the cards because we were going to use them on on another show the other night um and then we ended up not but i was just kind of looking at the questions toying with the idea of throwing some at you if you all although we've done quizzes before and we've learned that i know quite a bit so go for it, Rick. Go for it. Okay. Is that what you were doing, Rick? Yes. Oh, beg your pardon. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, you know I was only teasing anyway. <laughs> uh, where was the holographic Shea Sandrine supposedly located? Uh, Marseille, France. That's exactly right. Uh, how did Voyager destroy the caretaker's array? Tricobot. Yeah, Dude. truck a bolt, uh, payload. I would have just said they phasered the thing. It <laughs> <laughs> um, would have been simpler, yeah. They did. And I mean, I just, watched, I just rewatched Caretaker like three weeks ago. Uh, who was the member of the Maquis who then became Voyager's first officer? Oh, jeez. Chakotay. Chakotay. I'd Can forgotten. you please explain Neelix and Kess's relationship? I still don't know how that worked or anything. Uh, it, the the uh, creators of the show needed something to make everybody skin crawl, and so <laughs> so they come up with that. I guess, yeah. That's the, you know uh, we're over on the Starbase. We're we're doing uh, we're reviewing. Uh, review is a bit isn't really the right we're doing retrospectives of every season of voyager right now because it's its 25th anniversary year <laughs> and you know we we did episode one uh last week and it's just all all of us are totally skeeved out by by the whole neelix thing 
uh, the Neelix and Kess thing. I loved Kess. I'm, you know, I'm kind of one of the outliers that thought Kess's character was kind of great, and I was really sad when she left. But you know, there are scenes in season one where Kess and Neelix are making out, and it's just like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> let's not do this, please. Um, do you like Neelix? Uh, I grew. <laughs> I grew to not hate him, although in season one, he is everything awful. Uh, you know, I, I did enjoy their. their um, oh, it's it was like their third episode where they they find a living cloud. Gee, that you know, that's original in Star Trek. Go and on, Jeremy, say it. There's coffee in that nebula. Exactly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I need Jamie more. always says that when that episode comes up. He really does. So it's like, well, actually, I Jamie. Gonna, I wasn't going to say anything this time, but you, you prompted me, so I thought, why not? <laughs> but, uh, but then, you know, when they realized that it was a living thing and they heard it and Janeway says they're going to go back and Neelix is like, well, after that, I'm going to go have a word with her. And, and she shuts him down and then she says dismissed and he's just standing there and she stops and looks at him and she goes, that's how we say get out. <laughs> and I just really enjoyed watching him get smacked by, by Janeway. Um, all right, let's do a couple more of these. Just, yeah. just, uh, what ship did Tuvok's father serve on? Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. Ooh. It is a good one. Hood? Nope. This could go on quite indefinitely. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. It, was it mentioned in Voyager then at some point? It would have to be, I suppose. Hmm. Might maybe even during the the the, uh, the, the uh, flashback episode. I don't know. Any hints? Uh, we're not, we're not going to get this otherwise. It, oh, okay, yes, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's a it's a name that has been used in a relatively recent film. <laughs> 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 well, it's just yeah. Worst well, ship question. If I'm if if, if I'm not gonna, well, someone get it. I definitely won. Uh, it's film. No, I'm 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 lost. Okay, the USS Yorktown. Oh, nah. Ah, oh. really? Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's the time to see if I can find that reference in Voyager then. That's, that's intriguing me, that is. Which went on to become the Enterprise A. Yes. And broke a yeah. lot. Okay, <laughs> these are sorted by show. That's, I'm like, why are all these Voyager questions? But the, the cards are sorted by show. Okay. Well, that's a good question, that is. Yeah, that, 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 that is, that's good trivia. Um, all right. What was the name of the Dabo girl who dated Bashir and eventually married Rom? Lita. Lita. And Chase Masterson is apparently really awesome, and I keep wanting to try to get her on the show, and I keep forgetting. Um, oh, this! Oh, that's evil. <laughs> what was the promenade address of Garrick's, clo Garrick's Clothiers? See, that's the kind of stuff I never, like, if you want to know somebody's serial number or the, the, the number of their office or crap like that, that's that's... That's the stuff I don't like. I have quiz books like that, so. Oh, is it where Gar where Garrick lives? Like what his boss's um. What, what his what's his shop's designation on the promenade? Oh, 
Yeah. I mean, I do remember that is mentioned in an episode. It's it would be on the um, uh, directory. They have yeah. a directory on the promenade, but I don't know. It's like O two. I uh, just put the card down because I'm stupid. It's like O two dash four twenty eight or something. Okay. You know, it, it it's just like. Uh, do you guys watch Doctor Who at all? Yeah, I used to. Like sometimes um, I, don't, I don't really so much these days, but I still do. Back back during the 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 fifty year fiftieth year anniversary day of the doctor storyline. Yeah, the day of the doctor, the night of the doctor, the you know blah blah blah. They and then they did the name of the doctor, and they started. They tried to make a big deal out of, you know, what is the doctor's name? Starting with you know Doctor Who with the blue guy's head in the box and stuff, and I just. We, we were talking about it on, on one of the shows, and I was just like, I couldn't really be bothered because that's one of those things like the answer will ultimately mean be <laughs> ultimately be anticlimactic <laughs> because either it's something we've heard before, in which case that's going to be contrived as hell Terry. or yeah, or it's going to be like Bob and who cares? <laughs> So the the doctor's name is such an irrelevancy to try to make it a teaser plot point, and then of course, spoiler alert, they you know it's one of those things where you know it's whispered in his ear or some. I don't even remember how they resolved it, but it was just. Do you actually find out his name then or not? No, you don't end up going to. So. So what was the point of even teasing it then? Exactly. Intrigue. Intrigue. Yeah. It, well, it, and it and like you know, it's like there and there there cannot be a a satisfactory answer because you know either you know, no one's going to care, you know. So his name is Slarty Bartfast. Whoopee! <laughs> was it was it a, was this actually a whole episode based on this? It was several episodes. It was like a, a whole story arc over a season. Wow! That the just name sounds... of the Doctor being. You know, oh, I know his name. Well, I don't know his name. Well, she knows his name. And it was just like, I. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, no offense, but that just sounds like really bad writing. <laughs> you know, fortunately, there was enough, enough, enough other stuff going on that it, it, it didn't stand out quite as much as I'm kind of making it seem. No, but it still, was just, it was still yeah. just kind of I like. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's an intriguing idea. I can see what they were trying to do. But if you've left it this late, it's like, well, what's the point? No one's going to care now. Exactly. You know? Something like that, you want to do near the beginning of it, not like oh, 50 years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, and then, you know, if they do pick something, then unless you know, someone's going to come out and say, "Hey, back 45 and a half years ago, you said his name was Froderick. What about that?" And, and uh, yeah, just silliness. And you know, we get that crap in Star Trek too. Um, we talked to Michael Jan Friedman. We were talking about relics. Uh, the the author. Um. <laughs> And I, I didn't realize he had done a novelization of Relics. Um, I think I own it. And, uh, um, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. What were we? <laughs> um, Doctor. Uh, oh, oh, um. Oh, bugger. <laughs> that was what I was going to say. <laughs> Um, no, it'll come back to me. Um, just uh, uh, trying to think. We, uh, we were talking about how uh, continuity, continuity. That's where I was going with something about continuity. People finding um, what's something to do with Scotty and relics. Um, 
I know it was it had to do with like writing and I don't um, <laughs> I'm sorry it's gone <laughs> awesome. you mentioned about the author of relics so does that help yeah well no uh, I, I, it had to do with, I brought it up because it was it had to do with a question I asked him and now I can't remember what what uh, what it was right. um, I, I didn't want to interrupt you because sometimes I find if you do then people just go, it just came to me I've, I've had that happen before where you know, so I was trying to think of something, and I say something, because oh, I lost what it was now, so I, was, I didn't want to say anything in case it came back to you. But no, I know, I know what you mean. It's really annoying when it happens. And sometimes you always find, like, how do we get here to talking about this? <laughs> From this to this to this. The amount of times that's happened, I think, with us, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also uh, felt guilty because I've never read any of his books. And so, uh, you know, the, I, I'm just guesting on the, on the, the Cosmic Potato. I just uh, – that's my friend Sean's network. And uh, he got Friedman on a couple of years ago during uh, during Discovery Season 1 hmm. uh, to talk about – uh, to come on one of our Discovery shows. And uh, he's like, I got Michael Jan Friedman. And I'm like, I know that name. Yeah, he wrote a bunch of Star Trek novels. Oh, yeah, I never read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I, I never read just anti-dramatic. <laughs> he's a really nice guy and you know a great sense of humor and i didn't realize he's who we were talking to at first and i'm i don't think i put my foot too far down my throat <laughs> it's, it's my aim it's my aim to eventually get one of my favorite star trek authors on as a guest who's uh, that kirsten bale hmm she's um she, she's working a- now right she she's writing uh yeah she wrote Discovery and Picard Discovery. stuff. Yep, she has indeed. And she's also written um, all the Voyager books, the recent ones, in the last 10 years. Well, sure, there's probably other authors who don't have Voyager books, but she's kind of like, who's done the ones from like when the series kind of ended and continued them on. Mm-hmm. She's planning to do, I think she's done nine so far. I think she's planning to do one more book, I think. Yeah. So, but um, they're really good. If you haven't had a chance to read, they're really, they're really good to read. Is this the, um, the Voyager season eight series? Um, well, it can, well, she's written. Uh, not books. Voyager, DS nine. You said, wait, wait. Did you say Voyager or DS nine? Voyager. Voyager. Oh, okay. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, she actually. I mean, you know, not nothing against Garrett Wang because he's a great actor, but she actually makes Harry Kim in the books interesting. Oh well, you know, not Wong will be the first to tell you that Harry Kim was boring as hell, but it wasn't his fault. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Garrett Wang is great. He was the writer that laid it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she she said she does the voyage books, and she actually makes Harry Kim actually interesting, which is mm. not an easy thing to do. No, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I've wanted to get Kirsten Bauer on for a while. I do plan to. Um, so she she's someone I definitely want to get onto as a guest star. So I'd love to talk to her. I said not just about voyage books, but I said about discovery. Well, I know that hard. I know that uh, David Mack and um, Ward. Uh, or the, the word is his last name. I, I can't remember his first name. Dayton. No, wait a minute. Dayton yeah, Ward. And, right. and anyway, two of the guys that are writing just uh, discovery novels uh, have been on like podcasts that are at our level before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while it's sometimes like getting someone like, like uh Sonequa Martin green or, or, you know, uh, you know, someone like that who is in the, you know, or, or one of the executive producers or something like that, you know, they're, they're not going to talk to a smaller show. Uh, I have heard, you know, several of the novelists on, so you probably have a pretty good shot. 
um, have you have you tried reaching out to her yet? No, I haven't yet. Although she has been on, I know she's been on um, a podcast called Generation Geek. Um, that's a father and daughter podcast. I don't just do Star Trek; I do all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has been on there, so um, so yeah, I haven't reached out to her, but I, I do want to. Um, I do want to get her on at some point. Um, it's been on my books for a while now, so it's why. I'm... Yeah, I don't know I'm if you guys have the same. So many... I don't know if you guys have the same problem. I guess is the is the right word for it. When wanting to invite celebrities onto your show for me it's like i have two levels of terror one that they'll say no and one that they'll say yes <laughs> um i don't really i, don't, I haven't really thought about that to be honest i mean I'd, I'd love it if she did i mean if she if she was to say no then that's fair enough it'd be a shame but i understand um but i mean the fact that she's appeared on on something else i mean it shows that she's open to it i think so mm-hmm. she's got the time so who knows? I won't know unless I try, will I? Exactly. Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but the Voyager books, I said, if you get, ever get a chance, Rick, I don't know if you, if you read much uh, Star Trek books at all or anything. I, but if you I generally don't. Um, I used to read them more when I was younger. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's kind of difficult. I've tried reading, uh, like I read Desperate Hours or... Desperate, the, the one, the, the first Discovery novel that went back to when Burnham first came on the, uh, or when uh, uh, Burnham first became first officer. Um, and I, I just, it wasn't very good. And I know people rage, rave about it. And I, you know, the beginning was great and the end was great. This, all the stuff on the Shenju I really enjoyed. There was just this big chunk in the middle and it, it wasn't badly written so much as it was just, you know, because it's a prequel and the book itself is a prequel to this prequel we're watching. So we know that when they put Burnham and Spock inside this alien spaceship, that's basically just one potentially lethal escape room after another. And this goes on for like five chapters. And you're like, okay. A couple of these rooms is fine, but we know neither of these characters are going to die. So having them come right up to the brink of death and getting away by the skin of their teeth at the last minute and moving on to the next time it's going to happen over and over and over again is getting really, really boring. Um, But I got through that book. I finished it. And then – but I I haven't – and then it turned out – after all of the, you know, they kept saying, well, this, this isn't exactly canon, but the author was in close talks with the writers of the show. So it's, you know, it, it's, it, you can take it as, as close to canon as something you get and not be canon. And then Chris Pike comes on season two and just everything in the book that happened to just went, just didn't happen. And so that, you know, and, and that's been my problem with Star Trek novels all along. I am a I am a slave to canon. I'm not someone who is just like, hey, that's not canon. You can't do that. But I have a lot of trouble letting go of canon when I'm reading something like a novel, because yeah, because I, mean, yeah. I, I keep having this idiot and and I, and I recognize even as a kid, I recognize how stupid this thinking was. But in my mind, I'm always going. 
that didn't really happen. I mean, none of it really happened, but in my head, in the air quotes, really is like I, you know, I, and I can't enjoy the, the, the books because of that. And I wish I could because I, I remember some of them like uh, I read Enterprise, which was like supposedly the first with, when Jim Kirk takes over the Enterprise. And I remember really enjoying that book. Um, and, you know, some of the, the TNG ones were really good. I think I, I read there was one called like The Devil's Heart or something like that. Um, you know, but also I've read some real clunkers. <laughs> so, uh, how much for just the planet? If you ever get a chance to read that one, don't. Um, don't it. <laughs> uh, so I, I have a I have a, a an odd relationship with with uh, with the novel. I am halfway through uh, Last Best Hope, which is the new Picard novel. Oh, is that written by Uma McCormack? Yes. Isn't that yeah? Because I think people were saying like it fills in like it gives a bit not a bit more depth to season one, doesn't it, or something? It does. Well, what it does is it's it's setting up everything that brought Picard to where we find him at the beginning of the series. Mm, I do want to get my hands on that book. My problem with it is not that it's badly written; it's wonderfully written, and Picard's voice is perfect. She, you know, she captures the character. I'm not having any trouble. Not, you know, a lot of times you'll see in I, I'll see in novels where it's like, you know, Kirk would never talk like that or Spock would never do that. Or, you know, that's another thing I get tripped up in. But she wrote the characters beautifully. Uh, you know, she's fleshing out Raffi very nicely. Uh, we're seeing everything that's going on. My problem with it is she is forced to try to make a stupid situation seem dangerous. Because this whole Romulan uh, uh, supernova endangering more than just the Romulan system and endangering more than just the Romulan system in a series, in, a, in an amount of time that is utterly ludicrous is kind of the, the driving force behind the thing. Because it's like, you know, we, the, this, this supernova is going to wipe out far more planets than we ever expected. And so now we have to make a buttload of starships in you know less than 10 years or billions are going to die and so that's when they come up with the idea to make to build the synths to build the ships and that's and I'm, that's not really a spoiler because it, it's just kind of a you know the, the the background but the further we go into the book and the more they're like oh our, our calculations were off and now now there's 10 other systems that are endangered and i'm like that's not how supernovas work and it, you know, it's kind of like when Tolkien wrote a cute little book for his 12-year-old niece, and then it took off and became far more popular, and then he had to go back and kind of retcon it so he could write an entire series of novels for adults based on this children's story he created. You know, you're taking this idiotic premise that J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof came up with and trying to build real adult logical sound storytelling around it and it's just not working for me mm. no i mean anything you know, else i can bitch about <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair enough i mean i, I haven't read the book. i mean kirsten bear she she does a, at least for me in the voyager but she does a really really good job of sticking to sort of trying to stick to sort of canon events from from the show like so like wolf for example he comes federation ambassador to deep space nine well he does appear in the 
in her first um, Voyager book called Full Circle. He actually is in that briefly mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And she also, I mean, I know, I know there's always that issue of, oh, is this book canon? It's soft canon, whatever it is. But she also tries to follow events from the other authors have established in other books. So like, um, I think Esri becomes captain of the USS Aventine or something um, in one of the DS9 books. And that is that is um, a species that Voyager encounters back because if they go back to the Delta Quadrant, um, uh, one of the species they encounter is a species called the Children of the Storm. Um, and it's referenced that Esri actually came into contact with them. So, so Oh, cool. You know, yeah, that's what I mean. She does a really good job with that kind of stuff. At least I think she does. Um, you know, so I can understand that. I think, you know, it's it's not easy to do. And as you say, it's that prickly issue of always oh, just technically canon. It's not, you know, it's it's tricky. Yeah, and I, and I wish I could turn it off. I wish I could because it's not like I'm looking for it. It just it's how I'm wired. And it, that's it, fair enough, Rick. It is what it is. It's just one of those things, isn't it? It's fair enough. Yeah. You know? I like comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the Gold Key comics. You you want to talk about how how the mindset I've got has been you know since I was a kid, and you know I was I was born in the same year the Cage was filmed, so I have never known a time when I didn't know Star Trek. But my dad had the Gold Key comics. Have you ever seen any of those? Don't think uh, so. No. Might have a few digital copies of them. But I haven't read them. They were they were written in England and drawn by a by an Italian dude. None of them had ever seen Star Trek. They didn't know they had some basic ideas of what the uniforms would look like. They had some ideas of of what the characters looked like. And that was it. Uh, If you can find some, they are hilarious now because they are just, you know, imagine Star Trek as done with like a, a a. uh, 1960s Buck Rogers aesthetic. Uh, it's it's just bizarre as hell. And Spock, sometimes he's green, sometimes he's pink, sometimes he's yellow. Uh, Uhura was blonde in one of them. It just it, it's it's just all over the place. And the equipment just is it, it doesn't look like and, and inside the ship. Out you know they get the kind of the shape of the of the starship right on the outside, but then sometimes you'll have like you know the the famous fire coming out of the hangar hangar because <laughs> it because nobody knew what they were what they were actually drawing. Uh, you know, it's look them up. You, I'm sure you can find bits online, just pictures from you know from various panels. And boy, did those mess with my little eight year old head big time. <laughs> Sounds intriguing. Actually. Well, I'm looking at um, what's it called. Gold Key Archives Volume 1, so I can see what you're on about. So the first one is, I think, um, Spock and McCoy, and what was it? McCoy's in green, I think. <laughs> Interesting. So it's kind of like they're reimagined of what they didn't know and, and what they thought it would be. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like... Oh, sorry, what are you going to say? Well, have you seen any of the original Marvel Star Wars comics? From no. When... No. Uh, okay. Uh, well, then, never mind. I was going to say it's kind of like that, but if you haven't seen those either, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm not a big uh, comic. I'm, I think Simon reads more comics than I do. I, he's got me into some comics, but I'm not as into into comics as he is. Because it's a bit of the same problem they had with, I think, First Contact. So they brought out a Playmates Enterprise E, and it looks nothing like 
what was on the screen because it was the like the sketches that they were given and just produced it. So you end up with this weird enterprise that looks nothing like it, like impulse engine right in the middle of the centre center of the um saucer section and the impulse uh, the wolf engines are weird. <laughs> and in Generations, Playmates also released some figures, but they also had different uniforms because, again, they got production design ones and then they got given, I think, wasn't it DS9 ones? I think something like that. So they were already produced, but they then got changed in the film. So they're wacky as hell. Just like there's also a data figure from Redemption. Wait, it's him in a red... red um, uniform, mm-hmm. and they are very rare and very collectible. I'm sure. Yeah. It's all bits of trivia that no one knew or wanted, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, good. Well, well, gentlemen, I'm, I'm afraid I have to call it a day. Uh, I don't know how much longer you are. Did, did you get to everything you wanted to? No, it's fine, Rick. Um, um, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at starbasecommand.net. Uh, where you can find Starbase 66 and Open the Iris, which is our Stargate SG-1 podcast, and Analyzing Doctor Who. Uh, and also, if I ever get off my metaphorical rear end and get them posted, uh, got two new shows coming up, one called The Nexus of the Crisis, which is going to be a Blue Oyster Cult album review show with uh, Kennedy Gordon and myself, and uh, my very newest show, which uh, Simon already helped me with a bit. Uh, it's called Babble where my uh, friend Ellie and I take a bit of Star Trek tech and do a deep dive on it. Our first episode about Warp Drive will be coming out very soon. Not that I know anything about Warp Drive and had a few questions. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Cool. Hmm. It sounds like you've got lots to to look forward to, Rick, and lots to do. Ah, yeah, I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, thank you for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for asking, having me on. Yeah, anytime, especially, you know, now that all we're doing is, you know, sitting around looking at the same four walls, uh, you know. We need episodes like this. Said social distancing, we need stuff like this, so. Yeah. <laughs> more trivia and more Pictionary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Rick. Thanks all right, thank lot, you, Rick. guys. Right. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there we are. That's the first episode of... Um, TMP and scripted so we hope you enjoyed that and we've got more coming next week yes you heard me right next week yep. where we'll be talking to Clive from some kind of Star Trek and Wayne and Jude from Trek mate so you know how wild they get if you listen to the um, <laughs> anniversary episode so expect yeah. more craziness I have no idea what's going to happen in that but that's going to be wacky so uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, guys, and we'll be back with um, volume two of our unscripted. Talk to you then. Take care. S- stay safe. Stay Bye. safe, guys. Bye.